You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern. Helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, your host of the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 13. You can find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode by visiting allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 13. Today I'm joined by guest co-host Princess Jones, who is joining me for the second time, and we're going to chat about selling your ebooks on your own website, whether that's exclusively or in addition to selling through third parties like Amazon. This is a pre-recorded call. So let's just jump right in and get to it. I want to welcome Princess Jones back to the show today. We're going to talk about selling your ebook on your own website. Thank you for joining me, Princess. Thank you for having me. I really liked the last time I was here, and I'm, I'm super happy to be back. So let's get started. Let's chat about you wanted to talk about selling ebooks on your own website. So yeah. let me start by just asking you why you personally choose to do that. I use a combination of both, to be honest. But I wanted to make sure that I had the ability to sell books on my own website for, I mean, I'm a control freak. Let's just keep it honest. I'm a control freak, and I like to control things. And two, my daddy always says that you need a generator just in case they want to turn the juice off on you. So think about those types of authors who have been going through Amazon or iBooks or even Smashwords or whatever they're distributing through and find suddenly that they're not allowed to do something or that their book can't be sold through there because they've got new restrictions. I, I've known a couple of authors who had issues with erotica and things like that, or okay. suddenly you couldn't have those things on certain sites. So I wanted to make sure that I already had a sales pipe in place that I ran and I controlled in case, I mean, obviously I don't sell millions of books, but if I ever do, I'm ready. And you know that's so important. You know, coming from the marketing PR background that I have, I've seen far too many situations where people rely too heavily or exclusively on a single third party, and then they are completely screwed and their businesses go under as soon as something changes. Either that business closes, they change policies, they are bought out. When you have no control and nothing to fall back on, you are constantly at the mercy of someone else. And that's why I have such an issue with the KDP select exclusivity issues. So for me, that's why selling on my own site is important. Uh, It's a big reason, at least. And I only sell eBooks currently. And because I am only selling nonfiction at the moment, I actually don't sell on Amazon at all. I intend to change that at some point, but probably not for the shorter eBooks that I'm selling to very highly specific niche audiences. And for me, that's, it's just such a big, like you said, it's the control freak thing perhaps, but Mm -hmm. it's about protecting your business interests. And that's not always about reaching the biggest, broadest audience. Now I wouldn't necessarily say the same thing to somebody trying to sell a novel. You know, I think that's a very different Mm -hmm. arena. And I, when I have fiction coming out, which I should soon, I intend to sell on Amazon. So you have to know the specific audience for each book and decide. And there's really nothing to say that you can't do both, which is, again, what I would do in that case. 
and mm-hmm. I will probably do for some nonfiction down the road. The truth is, is that my own marketing power will never be equal to what Amazon can do with an algorithm change. That's the truth. Um, the people that are just browsing, because I write fiction. Um, nonfiction is a very specific audience. People that want this thing and with fiction, we're, we're all readers here. We know how you kind of just people recommend things and you kind of browse and then you look at what's like this and that. Mm-hmm. So Amazon's great for that. But yeah. when you're building your own audience and you're building your own list and you're building people that you can sell to repeatedly, it becomes more profitable to sell through your own website. You keep, you don't have to deal with fees the way you would, depending on how you, you set it up, but you know, the fees are different. You can bundle things. You can do, I mean, you have so much control and if you're creative with it, you can actually make more money and the money comes faster. I'm, like when I sell on Amazon or Smashwords, because I use Smashwords to get to iBooks. So when I distribute through these different third parties, I have to wait until they're ready to pay me. If someone buys something from my site, it's in my PayPal account immediately. And yeah. I have a PayPal debit card because I'm a business owner. <laughs> yeah, and I get paid. Yeah, so I, you could buy, get you my books today, and I could be at Walmart 10 minutes later. <laughs> like that's, I mean... <laughs> I don't advise that people, you know, do their finances that way. But, um, I'm just saying that possibility gives me a lot more freedom than yeah. by saying, you know, when Amazon, when would you like to pay me? And that's not only true in the case of Amazon, but if you're selling on your own website, that's a consideration when you're choosing a distribution service or whoever's managing your payments for you. Because mm-hmm. some of them will pay you, they collect the payments, and then they'll pay you every week or every month, every two weeks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you, I'm using a system that taps directly into my PayPal account. So when a payment goes through, it goes directly to me immediately. So let's move on then and talk about what someone would need if they decide they want to start selling their own books or ebooks on their website. Well, okay, first of all, I I would say, you can say with domain, a website, and hosting, but the truth is, if you're an author who does not have a website, you should be backing up, and you should be, <laughs> you should be a different part of learning. So you should already have a website in place. Um, so after that, you're going to need a, some sort of e-commerce, I want to, I would say, like a plugin of some sort, but there are some people out there who are designers and are and can do those things and they and they're programmers but for the most of you're going to need some sort of uh shop to go through um you're going to need a uh a shopping cart which is a little bit different and that's your checkout stuff um how you get how you get money from your your clients and your readers your customers how you get money from them to you that's your checkout part and you're going to need a distribution tool and sometimes all three of those things ha- happen and you can find it in one tool yeah. and sometimes you may do some piecemeal and you may decide you like this better than that I will say that for me what I use right now and what I will probably I might tweak it a bit but what I use right now is I use WooCommerce which is a plugin to help create my site I feel like it gives me so many options in terms of looking like an actual online bookstore as opposed to what can I say I'm gonna say it, janky you know how sometimes you go to someone's site and it looks like it looks janky and it looks homemade and even though I'm a um, professionally I'm a copywriter I'm a designer and I 
I do lots of things with websites and especially WordPress. I despise janky. So if it looks like someone homemade it, even if they did, if the, it has that look to it, much like your cover, remember, even going back to that, you don't want it to look like you made that in Microsoft Publisher, even if you did. So if it looks that way, you're, you're on the wrong track. Um, so I like WooCommerce because it is dead simple. And then for my um, checkout, I use PayPal through WooCommerce. So people can pay by PayPal or they can pay by debit or credit. Um, I don't take checks. <laughs> I don't take checks, sorry. But um, that comes through my merchant account with uh, pay with PayPal, and that's only 5 bucks a month, so it's pretty cheap. WooCommerce is free unless you need some extra modules, but basically free. And then I distribute through WooCommerce, which lets me control my downloads for e for eBooks, and I distribute I use um, Create Space for distributing physical books. All right, so similar to you, I use an online service, um, except mine's not a plugin. I work through eJunkie, which is e-junkie.com. And despite the unfortunate name and outdated web design, it is a fabulous <laughs> service. It is still the most featurette service I've seen for ebook delivery, and I've been using them, I want to say, since at least 2006. I've used them as well. That's why I'm laughing and nodding because um, <laughs> I I I like them a lot. But if I had just wandered onto them, if I hadn't heard great things about them and wandered on, and I just wandered to the website and been like, oh, who's writing this? But <laughs> they are very rich. <laughs> I did a blog post on this where I talked about all the reasons that I still love them after all this time. And I'll link to that in the show notes at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 13. But I want to run through a few of them with you here. Now, it integrates with PayPal, just like WooCommerce does for Princess. Um, in my case, I do accept e-checks. <laughs> E-Junkie, or what they allow you to do, is basically hold the download until the e-check clears. So you're not giving oh. someone the file before you have the money in that case. That's why you need to have someone be able to control that, and you need to have some options on that. Exactly. And eJunkie offers great options for that. Um, for example, well, not only can you sell both ebooks and print books using eJunkie, which is something I wouldn't say it's unique to them, but let's just say they're the exception to the rule as far as ebook distribution services go. Um, but you can also control your download links a little bit. Every buyer gets a unique download link. So it's not like they can take a link, there's one link that somebody can post on a website somewhere. And it can yep. be used indefinitely by people who want to pirate your ebook. Instead, like I said, they each get their own link and you can decide when that link expires. So I believe you can set a time limit on it. But what I do is I set a certain download limit, which I believe is set at nine downloads. So I figure if they have to download the file nine times and they still want more, something something's wrong somewhere. And in that case, yes. I can reactivate the link for them. But at yeah. the same time, they can't keep passing it around to dozens of people to download that ebook. I do mine at like three. You're much more generous than I am, but I'm writing fiction. So yeah. people generally don't need to read down. Like if you're, you're writing nonfiction, people are using that to kind of, you know, map a way to a goal. And for yeah. me, I know people just don't reread ebook fiction over and over and over and over and over 12 and 13 times. So 
and lose it 12 and 13 times. So I, WooCommerce does the same thing. It allows you to limit how many times they can download it or it, you can say how many hours. And I agree with you that I think the times is better because with the hours, that means that they have to get to it right away and not everyone's that on it. Another way that actually you can protect your file with eJunkie, now this is specific if for your PDF versions, is that you can watermark them with the buyer's name. So if anybody were to download it and upload it somewhere for everybody to take it, you know who did it. So I don't actually use that feature right now, but I love that it's available if I ever find that it becomes a problem. So fortunately, for, for those who don't know, that's how they do scripts in Hollywood too. They watermark it with your name, yeah, so that if you're if you're leaking stuff, it's obvious of who had this script. That's awesome. Now, one of the biggest things about eJunkie, if you're looking at it not only from a distribution service perspective, but from a marketing perspective, is that you can actually run your own affiliate program through them. So just like somebody can be an affiliate for Amazon and promote the books there and get a small percentage, you can let people sign up for your affiliate program, have them promote your book for you, and then they get a cut of the sale. Because you're getting more out of each sale, you have that extra to give them. So, for example, with Amazon, let's say you're making 70%. In this case, you might keep 80% and use the rest as an affiliate payout. It's actually not uncommon to have much bigger affiliate payouts. It depends how active you want those marketers to be on your behalf. But right. it's a way for you to control your marketing budget and essentially build a sales team who's out there right. selling your book for you. And there are some people that all they do is sell things through affiliates. So you can build an entire business just on something like Jim does, which is non-fiction books and affiliate, market, affiliate marketing with it. Yeah. Now, I don't even use an affiliate program anymore because of the FTC disclosure requirements. And right. I'm just too lazy to babysit every affiliate to make sure that they're abiding by the rules because I could be punished mm -hmm. if they don't. <laughs> but right. if you want to do something like that, this is a good option. And you have a lot more control over your affiliate program than if you're using a service like ClickBank which is another option for that. So, you know, again, that's something to consider. It's one of the bigger features that a lot of the competitors don't offer. They also have a great, not only do you get more control over your pricing in general when you sell on your own website, but eJunkie lets you use a pay what you want model if you choose to do that. So I did that for a limited sale to test it. And you can let people download basically for free for 99 cents. Maybe some will pay you 10 bucks. Um, some pay more, you know, so when I ran that, I had people who were doing the 99 cent downloads and I had people who were paying more than my usual price of 9.99. And it's all about them supporting you as an author, but also for letting readers who can't afford your normal price access your book. You could do that permanently or you could do it as a limited time sale like I did. And it's worth doing for a short period at least just to test it out. So instead of running, let's say, on Amazon, for example, you can do your five days of free promotion, which is great, you know, if you want to reach that audience. Again, with fiction, that might very well be worthwhile. But let's say you have that really niche nonfiction book and you want to do something similar, but maybe you don't have to make it free for everybody. You know, if you give people the choice, people who want it for free can still get it for free. And you still get that promotional value of bringing them in, exposing them to your content. But not everybody will go for the free route. They'll still pay you. So you can still make money 
while you're getting this extra boost from the promotion. So it's another way to do the loss leader thing without everybody necessarily taking advantage of the free or 99 cent pricing. Oh, I've got a big list here of all the things. This is how much I love these guys. <laughs> um, you know, but you had mentioned previously one of the benefits of selling on your site is bundling. And you can do that with eJunkie too. You simply, basically you zip the different files together and then it becomes one download. And I keep talking about Amazon because that's where a lot of indie writers do the majority of their selling. And it's just, mm-hmm. regardless of how you feel about Amazon, that's where most people are doing it. So let's say you sell merchandise as well as books. Yes. And you have a very strong character who has funny sayings and you want to start selling other things. You can't give them a book or you can um what what i'm saying is that like let's say you want to give someone a book you want to sell a book and then give them a t-shirt or sell them a book at a higher price and bundle one a t-shirt with that if you were selling directly through a third only through a third party like amazon you would have to you know make that a page in your book and make it have a have a coupon code and then sell it from your site whereas directly from your site you can sell both items as a bundle just want to mention a few more little things that are basic benefits of selling for yourself. And that is, um, again, something that eJunkie makes available, and I know some of the other sellers make it available, is the fact that you can create coupon codes to run limited promotions, sale prices over the holidays, or for whatever reason. Um, you can give them away to specific partners to give to their audiences to help drive sales through those partnership agreements. And that's a huge benefit of selling on your own website is that ability to control discounts and offer them without having to wait around on somebody to change your price for you. And you can limit that too by, you know, certain expiration periods or by the number. So maybe you only give it away first hundred buyers and then it expires. So that's something you can do with platforms like eJunkie that you can't do with the more traditional, I say traditional, but they're actually newer to the scene. Um, yeah. selling opportunities like Amazon. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then one of the things you're going to look for when you choose something, whether it's a plugin like Princess uses or eJunkie like I do, is how are they storing your files? You want to make sure that someone is securely storing your files for you. If they're simply being uploaded to your website somewhere, Google will find them eventually and they will index and them. Index- And anybody who knows how to search by file type on your website will be able to find all of your premium files. So you don't want to do that. You want if you don't know how to secure your own files for delivery, then you definitely want to go with an option that can do that for you, preferably from their own server, so that the file itself doesn't even show up on your site. That would be you know that's ideal at least for me. I wrote something a while back. It was a long essay about protecting your websites and stuff and how writers in particular, we are so, as a group, we're so good at saying things like, oh, I don't get that. I don't understand. You know, I'm an artist. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I, and the name of the essay was, you just will not be happy until some kid breaks your shit. And <laughs> I was talking, and I was talking about a website and about how, let's just be honest, you don't need to be important, you don't need to be well-known, and you don't need to be anything to have someone exploit security flaws in your website and, yeah. in, your, and in your processes. That's and fun for the script kiddies, so, yeah. Yeah, if you, are, if you are one of those people 
you're selling something. You are a business. Authors are businesses, regardless of what you call yourself. In coffee shops, when you're chatting with your friends, you're absolutely a business. So you need to protect your products, and you need to protect the way you sell these products as a business. And that's the truth. So if you're so if you are considering doing this, make sure you ask your questions about security. Make sure that you are protecting your files and make sure that you are setting this up. It's almost it's almost setting up a retail store. It's almost like that, except you don't need the space. But almost everything else is the same. You have to do the customer service and returns and fulfillment. And people get really mad if they gave you some money and they don't receive their stuff. Like, you have to be on top of all of these things. So I want to just mention a few other, you know, we've talked about WooCommerce, we've talked about eJunkie, but I want to mention a few of the other options that authors have. Right. And, you know, a few are Gumroad. Then there's Sells, which is S-E-L-Z. There's also ClickBank, which is the one I mentioned earlier that also lets you run an affiliate program. And what I'll do then is I will link to these and a few others in the show notes for this episode so you can check them out and compare them. And you'll be able to find that at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 13. Now, let's move on and talk about just a few of the issues that people should really consider while they're comparing them and while making the decision as to whether or not they want to sell their books or ebooks on their own website. And you know, I just want to start off quickly by saying that depending on where you live and whether you're selling print books or ebooks or both, you might need to get a sales tax license. So that is one big consideration. And I know that there are some issues with authors in the UK now with, I think they were having some issues with that as it applied to eBooks. So please make sure that you check your states or your country's rules and that you're covered to collect what you need to collect and take care of that. And if you don't want to deal with that, then yes, maybe sites like Amazon are better for you because they'll handle that for you through the sales process. I think you should also consider the algorithms of your platforms, and that is, are, when Amazon, when you sell a book on Amazon, Amazon logs that, and it uses that in figuring out where you should be ranking and how it should show it to other people, and things like that. You, you've all been on the site, where it says things you might like, and when it does that sort of stuff, it's pulling in sales numbers. So everything you sell from your website or from the trunk of your car or however you're doing it or you're selling yourself does not go there. So you could be a bestseller from your website and Amazon could think that you only sold five books. You will not get the marketing help and the algorithm help that you would get if you had done it through them, which is one of the reasons you go with them. The other concern and I just mentioned this, but I need you, I want to say it again because I want to be very careful that you understand this, you guys out there, that you will now be in charge of the business part of selling your books. And if you do, if you sell through third parties or even if you're traditionally published, the selling part of your books is usually not that big. You're not in that that much. But if you sell directly from your site, you'll be in charge of making sure people get their stuff, customer service, I didn't like this book. That happens all the Have you ever seen a return on Amazon? That's how that happens. I don't like this book. I want my money back. Um, all those sorts of things that you kind of like, you're kind of not party to when you're selling through a third party instead of yourself. 
Now, if you're a control freak, like Jennifer and I obviously are, <laughs> I absolutely want to be a part of that. I want to know why you didn't like this book, and I will make sure you get your money back, and I, you know, I will try to make it up to you. We're not control freaks so much as entrepreneurial. <laughs> I like that word better. <laughs> well, so then that's why I want to get involved in all those things. It's very important to me to understand what's happening and to have a hand in it. But there are some people who don't like that. The numbers get them queasy. The idea of having to figure out when coupons should expire and whether or not this is a good time to do this makes them crazy. And they don't want to deal with it. They just want to write more books. Nothing wrong with that. You are, if you're that kind of person, you don't need to be selling books through your own site. Exactly. I'm a huge fan of selling your own books, having your own platform. But if you aren't prepared to deal with the business side of it, then let somebody else do it for you. Now, with some of the services out there, they will deal with most of it on your behalf without any problem. Um, you know, PayPal, for example, if you're using that for payments and a re refund request comes in, it's pretty much a matter of hitting a button to issue a refund or not for your ebook. You're not going to okay. deal with the returns of a physical book. So in that sense, you know, you might be fine. With physical books, it might be too much for you. Um, something else to consider as far as the physical books go is whether or not you want to be able to sell autographed copies. So if you want to be able to do that, you might need to do that through your own site and or any kind of a limited edition that you might want to release. And bundles, which we had brought up briefly earlier. But again, you have to look at the platforms. Can they handle the kind of bundles that you want to do? And if not, you may have to decide either skip the bundle or be prepared to handle it yourself. But as Princess right. mentioned, you really have to understand what goes into it on the business side. It's not necessarily hard, but it does take a bit of time to get set up. Once you're set up, if it's just eBooks, just only digital distribution, then you can almost be hands off. It's actually very, very simple after you've gone through the initial setup. But really be prepared if you're getting into the physical products, the ancillary products or books. And I actually talked about ancillary products today on the blog, which for you listening is a week ago. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. So you can get a better idea of what we're talking about when we talk about selling ancillary products with your book as a sort of a bundle or to promote your books. So those are some of the things that you'll want to consider in deciding if this is right for you. And it might not be for you, and that's fine. But let's say you decide you want to move forward with it. How do you decide which platform to choose? And Princess, I'll let you take that. Well, I think that you really... There, there are really three ways to figure this out. One, you need to how tech savvy, how hands on do you want to be? Because if you're very tech savvy and you know how to do this, you could definitely be the type of person that could just do this yourself. You build it from the ground up, and that's fine. But that's the majority of us. And you should also keep in mind how much it's going to cost you, whether that's upfront, whether that's for a plugin or for a monthly fee, whether that. Like, there are some platforms that take a, a cut of each sale. You have to figure out what, you, what you're most comfortable with. With me, I feel very comfortable with PayPal. I just, I've used them for years and years and years. I know them very well. And they've got amazing customer service. I've had issues, and they've been, they've been fixed immediately. They're a trusted name for me. 
So although there are some things that were very, that were established already, I personally didn't know them. So it was difficult for me to say, okay, well, this experience would be great for me because I'd never used them. And I think that's it. I mean, you want to wonder about your costume, how comfortable you are and how well, how well established and how well, what their reputation is. Exactly. No, I agree with all of that. You know, with the costs you're going to find, like you mentioned, some will have upfront plug-in costs. Others are going to take a cut of every sale. And the services like eJunkie have a flat monthly rate. So for example, I can sell 10 different files for $5 a month there, I think. And then I think the next one's like 8 or $10 a month when you bump it up. So it's actually, and you can make an unlimited number of sales. So if you only have five eBooks available and you might sell a thousand copies, they're not taking a cut of a thousand sales. You're paying five bucks a month. So you know, you're still going to have your PayPal fees, you know, whether you go through them or someone else that's integrating with PayPal. But for me, that worked out much better. I do know writers who prefer to pay the transaction fee because their sales are split up over a bigger distribution of files. There's more files being sold. So for them, the e-junkie cost would have gone up so much that it didn't make sense for them. So compare them. You know, Again, we'll have a list on the show note page at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 13. And I highly recommend visiting each of them and comparing their costs and features for yourself. Now, I came across a blog post today that I want to mention as this episode's recommended resource. The post is actually on this very topic, so the timing was great, and it's from Alexis Grant at alexisgrant.com. She also explored the issue of selling on Amazon versus your own site, and she digs a bit deeper into the issues of autonomy And also the importance of having your own reach within your customer base if you want to successfully sell on your own site. So in other words, do you have the audience to make that work? And it's a great post, so I suggest checking that out. And again, I will add the link to the show notes at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 13. And I think that's all we have for them today. So, Princess, I would like to thank you again for putting up with me in this show. You are so much fun to talk to. I have so much fun with this, and I really think that being a resource for independent writers is so important. There are so many people doing it badly, <laughs> or and they're not doing it badly because they, cause they want to, because they don't know. And the more information we all have and we pass around and the more we, we all learn because we're all, I don't care how long you've been doing this, you're still learning stuff every single day. And the more pe- the more you get to learn, the better we're all going to get and the more money we're all going to make and the more stories we're all going to be able to tell. And that's the most important part for me because I just want to tell stories. Amen I mean, I like that. to make the money. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Definitely have you back on the show. I'd like to thank Princess Jones for joining me again, and she's such a great guest. I can't wait to have her back on the show. Remember to submit your writing-related questions to be answered in a future podcast episode. You can do that through the contact form at allindywriters.com slash podcast, or you can email me at jen, which is J-E-N-N, at allindywriters.com, or you can leave me a voicemail at 484 575-1345. 
You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 13. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.